Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. What is your calling in life? Do you know? Some may be called as evangelists, pastors, teachers, etc. Others may be called to be painters, plumbers, engineers, or accountants. Whatever your vocation, God has given you a calling in which you can learn to so grow and reap more abundantly and all to the glory of God. Today on The Whole Steward. This is episode number 33. I'm glad you've joined. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the show, please share it with a friend. Leave us a review. You can do that at thewholesteward.com slash review or leave a review on your favorite platform that you're listening to. I really appreciate it. So let's jump right in. Today, I want to talk about a little something called a vocation. Now, before we jump into that, let's talk about being faithful in a little. I just want to remind you, money goes to those who treat it well. This goes for every form of capital, actually. I mean, money is just a medium of exchange, and it's something by which we can easily measure value provided uh, one to another. So you might pay a consultant for his knowledge uh, or a clerk for a soda. You will pay according to the value of the capital that's being exchanged. So some people's time is worth a lot of money. Like lawyers, you might pay $100, $200, $300 for a 30-minute call with a lawyer, for example. The key is to be faithful in whatever it is that you do to provide value and be faithful in what you might see as a little and God will bless you for that. We need to be faithful stewards. People will give you, for example, more of their time if you value their time. And on the flip side, they'll give you less of their time if you waste their time. Uh, It's the same in our relationships. For example, they will want to be your friends if you are a good friend. You reap what you sow. So remember to be faithful. Another little thing to think about is that big givers are big getters. If you're faithful in a little, God may put you over much. And let me ask you this. How can you be a big giver if you're broke, for example? Uh, If you have a scarcity mindset, you do not provide that much value for the world. You get compensated the same way. Maybe you do nothing of value at all. You're homeless and you have no income. You cannot give anything if you don't have anything to give. Now, you might be broke in money, but rich in time, and you give a lot of your time, and that's great. But if you want to give more, you need to learn to get more. And you get more by giving more. It's this circular value proposition. And this goes for all areas of capital, as we've seen. You know, if you want to give more money, you need to get more money. And to get more money, you need to provide more value. 
And if you want to provide more value, you need to give more, serve first. We do that generally in our work. Uh, That's one way. If you think about the work that you do on a daily basis, uh, if that is a way that you earn money, then you are providing value. But let's take a step back and think about why is it that you're doing the work that you're doing? How did you come to do that? And is it the work that God wants you to be doing? This work, if it's your way of earning money, might be called your vocation. And I like to um, study etymology of words and the, the background of a word. You've heard about your vocation being the work that you do, but let's look at a quick definition and the history of this word. You might find it fascinating. I know I did. Let me pull this up here on Webster, uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The word vocation is a noun, and it means this, a summons or strong inclination to a particular state or course of action, especially a divine call to the religious life. And then definition B of one is an entry into the priesthood or religious order. So I find that very fascinating that it's a strong, a a summons or a strong inclination to a particular state or course of action. Um, This is the primary definition, perhaps even especially in the call to religious work, like the priesthood or a religious order of some kind. Definition two is the one we might be more familiar with, and that is, quote, the work in which a person is employed, Uh, kind of like their occupation. There's also a definition, the special function of an individual or group that might be their vocation. But the two primary ones are a strong summons, a summons or strong inclination, and then basically the work that you do. But let's look at the etymology of this word. Did you know, and now I'm reading from the Webster Merriam-Webster Dictionary, that, quote, when vocation was first used in English in the 15th century, it referred specifically to a summons from God to perform a particular task or function in life, especially a religious one. This meaning is no surprise given the word source. It comes from Latin vocation or vocatio, meaning summons, which in turn comes from vocare, meaning to call. Vocation also has a secular position in the English language as a word for the strong desire to do a certain kind of work or as a word for the work itself, making vocation a synonym for words calling or occupation, end quote. So isn't this fascinating? I thought this was so cool. The word vocation as we use it today actually comes from the root of a calling, 
especially a calling by God to do a particular type of work. So if you are uh, in a vocation, a particular vocation, you need to recognize that that is what God has called you to do. Or maybe God has called you to something else and you're doing a work that is not what he wants you to be doing. Now, how do you determine what your calling is? Do you pray and then have it uh, magically written on the wall somewhere? Or do you hear an audible voice from heaven that says, you shall be a plumber, Andrew, or an engineer? Where do we look to know what it is that God has called us to do in our work specifically. Now, we know we want to provide value for people, uh, for others. We know that uh, we need to work hard in what we're doing, but how do we know what to do? Hey there, it's Andrew. I pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week, to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com newsletter. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Gary Pinkerton with Gary's Gulch Podcast. You are listening to The Whole Steward with Andrew Stanton, one of the best researched shows by a man of true passion. Now that you know more, go out and grow more. If you're one that is Seeking a particular vocation right now, make sure that you are praying about it. Seek the Lord's guidance. Ask Him for that wisdom. If you are in a particular vocation, work hard in it. Enjoy it. I'm going to go through a few scriptures right now that will help us to understand the Lord's perspective on how we do our work, and the work that's assigned to us. 1 Corinthians 7, 7-24 reads as follows, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him, and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was Anyone at the time of his call already circumcised, let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised, let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free 
when called, is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. So there's a lot to unpack here. But the main takeaway that I wanted you to see is that when you are called, specifically this is talking about being called to salvation, believing in Christ Jesus, at that point, you are not to necessarily seek to change the condition in which you are called. Now, if you were a bondservant at the time of your call, uh, you know, don't worry about it, basically. Do not be concerned about it. Serve the Lord in your work. Joseph certainly did when he was sold into slavery, right? He served the Lord. He worked as unto the Lord. That shone through in his life, and those who were around him recognized it. The people of power, for example, Potiphar or Pharaoh or the jailer, the Egyptian jailer, they saw Joseph's work ethic, and he worked as unto the Lord and not as unto men. Now, a quick side note, uh, we're talking about bond servants here and freed men. One of the things that we pursue on the whole steward is what we would call financial freedom. Financial freedom is having your expenses covered by your investments, by the value that you provide. If you are doing what you love every day and your expenses are paid for, you are financially free. If you do not have to go and do work that you don't want to do, then you are financially free. If your investments pay for your expenses, you are financially free. Now, what is this business about bond servants? Well, a bond servant was one who had financial obligations and generally would sell their time and their life and their service and their work to the one who they owed money to. So if you owed money to a particular person, you could sell your time and your work and your labor, your servanthood, uh, as a slave, as a bond slave. It was usually a choice or out of necessity, but bond servants or bond slaves generally, in many cases, lived very good lives. They, in many cases, willingly submitted themselves to the master. Now, the closest thing we have to that in our modern society, I believe, is the employer and the employee. Now, this is very different than, for example, American slavery, which was subjection to forced labor, and it was very racially based. Now, when it comes to employment, you, in a sense, are a bondservant to your employer. You say, hey, I have these debts I need to pay. I have credit card debt. I have 
a mortgage. I have a car loan. I have these expenses that I need to pay. I need to provide for my family. And you willingly indenture yourself to the employer via an employment agreement. You agree to give your labor for a certain number of hours per day or a certain service. And you are required then to live that out, to fulfill that service. And if the employer asks you to do X, Y, and Z while you are indentured to the employer, while you are on the clock, so to speak, you need to do X, Y, and Z. You can see that in Ephesians 5, uh, or I'm sorry, Ephesians 6, 5 to 8. In Ephesians 6, 5 to 8, it reads, Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or free. You see, as a bondservant, as someone who has willingly indentured yourself to a master, you need to obey that master in everything. So this goes for an employee too. Now certainly, in our society today, you have the right to quit your job if you don't like what your master is asking you to do or your boss is asking you to do. You have the right to quit and seek alternative, alternative employment. But as a Christian, as someone who would bring honor to Christ, you need to serve your master from a sincere heart as you would Christ, and not by way of eye service as people pleasers. So don't just do the right thing when your boss is watching. You know, have have you ever been, you know, goofing off or or not working as under the Lord, and then your boss walked in and all of a sudden you started working hard like like you were always working? Well, that might be a temptation for many of us, but we, as Christians, need to be working as unto the Lord, not for the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ. So we have willingly obeyed and followed Christ. We need to willingly obey his command to work hard for our employers. So a master back in the day uh, was much like an employer. And some masters had many, many employees, many, many bondservants. And often the agreement was that they would work for the master in exchange for a living. They were often provided housing, food, clothing, the basic needs for their family. And some slaves and, and some bondservants were actually quite wealthy. They had the right to even own property. So 
even though it's not exactly one-to-one, it's the closest thing that we have to employee and employer. Now, if you are an employer, you need to be very careful as well because verse 9 of the same chapter in Ephesians 6 says this, Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. So, masters, you are to stop your threatening. If you are an employer, now I'm talking to the business owners, the bosses, you are to stop your threatening and be fair, be honest, be careful with your employees. Know that your master is in heaven. That was uh, what we discussed before, that if you are a freedman, right, in Christ, if you're not indentured to anyone, you are your own boss, so to speak, or you are the business owner and you employ, uh, remember that you are still a bondservant of Christ. Uh, He who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. We all, whether bondservants or free, are working as unto Christ. And masters, you do that by not threatening, not showing partiality, because there is no partiality with God in heaven. He is a perfect judge. So when you talk about a vocation, it is your calling. Whatever your calling is, Seek the Lord in that, pray about it, but then work as unto the Lord. And if you feel called to be a business owner, a master, or a a boss, so to speak, an employer, then do it as unto the Lord. Remember, you are still a bondservant of Christ. On the flip side, if you are an employee and you work for somebody else, then remember to work as unto the Lord and not as unto man. Both of these approaches to your vocation will bring glory to God. Let me wrap up with Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Remember, we are all going to the grave and there there is no more work. So while you are here, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. And then one more, Ecclesiastes 3, 12-13. I perceived that there is nothing better for them Then to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. Take pleasure in your toil, eat and drink, obey his commandments. That is how we bring glory to God. Well, I pray you found this interesting. 
Now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.